Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in right now. I appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time each day. Hope that y'all, as always, are getting something out of it, and hope that our country is being helped, even if just a little bit. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, as always, I can't not tell you thank you, simply because y'all are the reason that it continues to grow as it does. So I'm I'm incredibly humbled by that, grateful for it, and I appreciate your your feedback for those of y'all that, that do that as well. <clears throat> and I try and address some of the comments and concerns that y'all have as I go through this. We're going to take one of our little walks today. I have two puppy dogs with me still so far, so that's good. And I don't have any update right now on the snake saga for those of y'all that have been listening to the podcast recently. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, though. But I do have a little comment, and I don't won't take a lot of time. Sometimes we do a podcast every so often on this. I haven't done one in a while, and I need to go back and do it because it's very important. Uh, Reagan talked about the, the strength of the nation being the strength of the family. And the strength of our families, folks, is rooted in second only to God is rooted in our marriages, the strength of our marriages. If we have weak marriages, we have weak families. And you can see that just almost by any measure across the board, talking about uh, kids, broken families, all the things that we talk about. So my wife, a little transparency here, has asked me to do something uh, a few times, uh, probably more than a few times, if I'm being honest. And for one reason or another, I just never have gotten around to it. And she finally asked recently, said, hey, I've asked. And for whatever reason, that kind of clicked with me. And it's not a big deal. It's just something around the house. At most, it'll take me a few hours. And and right there, some of y'all are going, oh, man, a few hours. I don't know. That's 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 pretty big. Okay. I get you, because uh, that was kind of, you know, that I can go down that path, too. But think about this. How many hours do you and I spend on uh, our phones, reading for entertainment, watching sports? You know, one football game, if I watch one football game, that alone sucks up about three hours. And so here's the deal. It's never really a matter of time, folks. Uh, it's just a matter of priority. As long as your spouse isn't asking you to do something immoral, you really have no grounds for telling them no. Uh, And some of y'all aren't going to agree with me there, uh, but if you dig a little deeper, I'd be interested if you kind of look at yourself in the mirror and see what your motivation is for saying, for disagreeing with me. And that's fine if you do. But, as long as our spouse isn't asking for something immoral, we, we really have no right, no grounds for refusing what they're asking of us. Because when we do, what we're really translating in the fine print is we're saying, you know what, you're just not that important to me. 
there's just a lot of other things that I have to do today that are more important than you. And it can be anything, folks. It can be watching sports. It can be the new modern trend of self-care. It can be going hunting, golfing, shopping, hanging out with your girlfriends or going on a guy's trip or going to shoot or, or working out or social media, whatever it is that's your vice, you think about it. It's not a matter of we don't have time. And so some of y'all right now are saying, well, I really don't have time. Or you know what? My marriage just isn't like that. I've heard this before. We just, we like to do our own thing. We don't really, we don't really need each other. Okay, so first off, the second one, if that's really true, well and good, especially if you're already married, that's kind of a done deal. But if if you really don't need each other, then it begs the question, why get married in the first place? And then secondly, if you really truly don't have time for your spouse who is supposed to be the second most important relationship of your entire earthly life, and maybe eternal, depending on how you read the Bible, second only to God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. If you really don't have time for that person, don't you think, if that's true for you or me, that we ought to kind of rethink our life decisions? I'll leave you with this. You may disagree with some of my comments just now. That's fine. But I know this for a fact. And if you're honest, you know this is true as well. Whatever you and I spend our time and our energy and to a certain extent our money on, those are our priorities. And that's it. That's the bottom line. Um, And so this all came back to why have I not done the simple thing that my wife has asked me multiple times to do? It's not lack of time. It's not lack of resources. It's lack of character and lack of love. All right. So on that note, First Amendment, we're going to hammer this today, folks, because I cannot tell you how sick I am of hearing the left talk about this as a secular nation. And we hammer this every single podcast, but it is such a lie. It's a bold-faced lie. And it's either a lie out of gross ignorance or malevolence. They're even either doing it because they have no idea what they're talking about or they're doing it because they're borderline evil or evil. Go ahead, however you want to do it. So we're going to go back and we're going to actually read from our founding as opposed to listening to the talking heads on MSNBC or CNN or wherever else or education, sadly, today. So let's go back and start with, I'll tell you what, we will start with Fisher Ames. Fisher Ames was a congressman from Massachusetts in the first session of the Congress of the United States when the Bill of Rights was formulated. So he was actually there. And it was his wording that he suggested the final wording of the First Amendment, which reads, Congress shall make no law establishing religion or to prevent the free exercise thereof or to infringe the rights of conscience. Okay, so this is the guy that actually turned in the final wording 
in the first session of the Congress of the United States when the Bill of Rights was formulated. Maybe he knows something. Maybe. Maybe not. This is a quote from him. We have a dangerous trend beginning to take place in our education. We're starting to put more and more textbooks into our schools. We've become accustomed of late to putting little books into the hands of children containing fables and moral lessons. We are spending less time in the classroom on the Bible, which should be the principal text of our schools. Let me say that again just for the people in the back that didn't hear me or refused to listen. The Bible, which should be the principal text of our schools. The Bible states these great moral lessons better than any other man-made book. <laughs> Author of the First Amendment. Absolutely no way that you could take those words and twist them to mean anything close to what the left has done for the last 80 to 100 years, particularly 47, the separation of church and state. It's not true. It's a big, fat lie. Okay? So... Let's go now to the actual Congress of the United States of America from 1853. So this was, uh, give or take, what, uh, 60, 70, 70 years, right, after Fisher Ames. Congress of the United States of America, January 19th, 1853, as part of a congressional investigation, records the report of Mr. Badger of the Senate Judiciary Committee. The First Amendment Clause speaks of an establishment of religion. What is meant by that expression? It referred, without doubt, to that establishment which existed in the mother country, endowment at the public expense, peculiar privileges to its members, or disadvantages or penalties upon those who should reject its doctrines, or belong to other communes. Such law would be a law respecting an establishment of religion. They intended by this amendment to prohibit an establishment of religion such as the English church presented or anything like it. But they had no fear or jealousy of religion itself, nor did they wish to see us an irreligious people. They did not intend to spread over all the public authorities and the whole public action of the nation the dead and revolting spectacle of atheistic apathy. That's a great word there, folks, because that's exactly what we have today. Atheistic apathy. Lukewarm. Not so had the battles of the revolution been fought and the deliberations of the Revolutionary Congress been conducted. In the law, Sunday is a dies non not sure I pronounced that right, folks. Forgive me. The executive departments, the public establishments, are all closed on Sundays. On that day, neither House of Congress sits. Sunday, the Christian Sabbath, recognized and respected by all the departments of the government. Here is a recognition by law and by universal usage, not only of a Sabbath, but of the Christian Sabbath, in exclusion to the Jewish or Mohammedan Sabbath. The recognition of the Christian Sabbath by the Constitution is complete and perfect. 
wonderful little comment there, folks, because people always say that God isn't in the Constitution. But the fact that neither that, that, that the Christian Sabbath in particular above any other religion is recognized in the Constitution is kind of interesting, right? We are a Christian people, not because the law demands it, not to gain exclusive benefits or to avoid legal disabilities, but from choice and education. And in a land thus universally Christian, what is to be expected, what desired, but that we shall pay due regard to Christianity. Again, this is from Mr. Badger of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, so, again, education, folks. Christianity, we're born a Christian nation. The farther we go away from God, the farther we fall. Can't reconcile. You can't have Americans that acknowledge this truth and Americans that re- reject this truth and expect them to coexist and reconcile. It's a, it's a core value. You know, if you and I don't like the speed limit on a road, we can sit down and argue about that. And whether it comes out one way or the other, we can both respect that, even if we disagree with the end outcome. You can't have a core value like the fact that America was born a Christian nation, be divisive and expect that nation to survive. This is why I wish I would have pulled this. I just saw it. I can't remember if it was Gallup or wherever else. I'll go back and look for it. But it was something like, I don't know, 40, maybe 50%. I'll go back and find this, folks. But a large percentage, perhaps a majority of the country now believe that we have a second civil war approaching, not in the next few decades, but in the next few years. If you're not, if your eyes aren't seeing this, folks, if you don't, we're we're going to talk about this. In fact, we may go straight into this next uh, in the next couple of days because it's it's so eerie the parallels between Britain and Germany, the citizens of Britain and Germany in the 1930s, and American citizens on the left and on the right today in America. And we just we just got blinders on right now. Uh, we have a fight coming. Maybe we don't have blinders on if that if that poll is actually right. Uh, but it'd be interesting. I'll have to dig down into it some and see what some of the actual questions, you know, what they really were asking, because it depends on what you think by that civil war. Anyway, we're a Christian republic. The First Amendment absolutely did not, was not written to keep God out of our public institutions. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to read one more here. Uh, this is from the Alabama courts. This goes all the way to 1983, but they're referring to a, so this is the case of Jaffrey versus the Board of School Commissioners of Mobile County. And Judge Brevard Hand quoted from 19th century United States Supreme Court Justice Joseph Story, uh, who succinctly clarified the original meaning of the First Amendment. And this this is kind of why we're going to do a podcast maybe a few weeks down the road on juries and judges, particularly the Supreme Court in that case, because you have originalists, you have people that want to hold to the original intent, 
And then you have the living Constitution people that think that the Constitution should change based on whatever the people think is right in that moment and the wind blowing from the west or the east or the south or, you know, today they wanted pink hair. It doesn't matter, whatever. So original meaning of the First Amendment, state, United States Supreme Court Justice Joseph Stewart. The real object of the First Amendment was not to countenance, much less to advance Mohammedism or Judaism or infidelity by prostrating Christianity, but to exclude all rivalry among Christian sex denominations, folks, and to prevent any national ecclesiastical patronage of the national government. I use this quote often. I'm going to continue to use it often because it comes from a Supreme Court justice that was much closer to the founding of our nation than all the nonsense we hear today, certainly than the Supreme Court that made the horrible decisions of separation of church and state, and Roe v. Wade, the two on the top of my head right now. So all of this, folks, all of this goes to the First Amendment doesn't exclude Christianity from public life. It was never intended to. From Fisher Ames, who gave the final wording of the First Amendment again and again and again, God has to be in public education, has to be the center, the primary textbook, as Fisher Ames said, in public education. If you're going to take money from public taxpayers and force them to pay for public education, it has to strengthen the nation, meaning it has to, regardless of whether you believe in God and Jesus Christ or not. If you're going to have public education, then you have to strengthen the core values of the nation. So, and, and it was definitely not meant to equalize all religions. All religions are not equal. There's one true religion. And there are religions that are not true, and that's the way the country was founded. That's the way our founders saw it. You know, and so if, if that's not what jives with you, that's okay. You can still come here and live in America as long as you want to strengthen this great nation that for whatever reason you want to come to and live in because you think it's so great by following the principles of Jesus Christ and supporting strengthening the country in that manner. Or there's a lot of other countries around the world that you can go and live in. If, if they share your values more and you're happier in those other countries based on what they have, their values have produced. But if you're going to come here or if you're going to live here and enjoy the freedom and liberty in America, what little bit we have left, you've got to strengthen the core values that have allowed for that liberty. And this is why... This is why, folks, I think we have a fight coming, because you have a group of people, you have a, a pretty large percentage of people in the country today that reject that wholeheartedly. And you have another percentage, large percentage of people that embrace that. And that's just not something you can sit down and negotiate. It's not one of those, like, like abortion, you can't kind of kill the baby and kind of not kill the baby. You either murder the baby or you keep the baby alive. There's no middle ground. There's, there's no gray area. So uh, we'll, we'll come back. We hit this often, folks. Bottom line, it's very clear. Christian Republic, First Amendment, was meant to keep the different denominations from fighting. Christianity is the foundation of this country. That's just the way it is. I appreciate you all giving me a little bit of your time listening to me. <laughs> Hope it helped a little bit. Hope it gave you some tools for your tool bag, folks. 
Go back and listen to some of these quotes so that you have them ready so that when somebody comes up and says some of this nonsense that we've heard for the last seven, eight, nine decades in America, you can look at them. Even if you don't say anything out loud in your head, you can go, that person has no idea what they're talking about. And and if you come across something, folks, that you don't understand or or that seems to go against that, that's fine. That's okay. Trust that you can figure that out and go and research it. That's what I have to do. Sometimes I come across things and I'm like, man, I don't know about that. And I go and dig into it and time and time and time again. It doesn't, it doesn't go against that truth. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it, folks.